Good deal. Okay, uh, take your Bible if you if you want to turn in your Bible to Colossians uh, chapter number one. We're going to be back in Colossians chapter number one this morning, and uh, so we're going we're going to finish up uh, that 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 we started last week in um, in the power of our salvation. Uh, last week we we dealt with. Uh, with two of those uh, delivered, we've been delivered, and then we've been translated, and just how big of a deal that is. Uh, I said this, you know, it, it's it's kind of weird. Um, there, there's there's a lot of power, a lot of power in in our salvation that that I just don't believe that we most times tap into. And and I, I don't I, I don't completely understand all of it. I know that I have my own my own issues, but it, it seems it seems as though it's I think because we're so and I, I don't mean this as derogatory as it's going to sound. You can't say anything without being derogatory nowadays. Um, but as ignorant for real, as ignorant as we are, I don't know I don't know that it ain't just the fact that we're ignorant. Like we just, and and used to that wasn't a bad word. Like nowadays, it's it's like a cuss word. Um, but back when I was growing up, ignorant was just you know it was just used to describe somebody that was that was ignorant. Like and 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 everybody was there wasn't nobody mad about it when you said it. But here here's what I think that we're so biblically illiterate and ignorant that we don't we don't actually understand how powerful our own salvation is. And and what what all of that means? Well, I mean, how 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 big a deal is the power of our salvation? Well, I think it's huge. I I think that it is the most powerful thing that you can understand in the New Testament, in terms of walking in the Spirit, till you get a proper understanding of what your salvation actually is and what it entails. You'll never actually completely walk in the Spirit. You'll 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 give it a shot. You'll you'll do you'll do a little bit here and there. You'll you'll flounder around. I'm gonna walk in the spirit today, and then tomorrow you'll act like an idiot. Uh, you you'll do this. You'll do, but you don't you don't actually ever like get your head set on. Hey, I not I'm going to walk in the spirit, but I can. And and here's the thing: you can, you and I can, right? Amen. We just choose not to. Amen. Amen goes right there. Listen, you'll give me some amens. I'll quit and I'll go home. For real. You think I'm playing? Like I'm, 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 I ain't. Look. Guys, I, I don't know if you know this or not. But I ain't got to do this. I should make a lot more money out in the world. And I'm not doing this for money. If, if, you, if you can't come here, be responsive. Be a responsible church member. It's real easy to find somebody else to pastor. And if you can't, guess what? You'll flounder around for the next three or four or five years looking for somebody, and eventually the doors will shut. I know you don't like to hear that, but it's just the way it is. There's 25 churches in Pauline County looking for a pastor right now. 25. Maybe more than that. Maybe maybe 35 by now. That was two years ago. But it is a shame that you let a preacher come in and devote all of his time into putting a message together and then sit around like a knot on a log. 
It is a shame. At the end of the day, it's a shame. It's crying shame that God's give you such a thing as he's given you. Not in me, but that he's even give you a pastor. I'm not a real great one, but he's even give you one. Believe it or not, I was really thankful for mine when I got saved. And he wasn't even that good. He was a good preacher. He knew the scripture. And praise the Lord for it. But I will say, you know, I'm, I'm, I, some things are going to have to change around here. One of, those, one of those things is that. Let's say it again. Let's just see how, let's see how it goes. We can walk in the Spirit. We just choose not to. Amen. amen. There, there, there goes amens. And that's the way it should be. You just choose not to. It ain't got nothing to do with you can't. It ain't got nothing to do with, man, I just can't do this and I can't. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's just you don't want to. Well, I want to. You just don't know what I want to do. No, I, I know what you want to do. I started this big, long deal last night into the Word. I endeavored into the Word initiative. And, you know, you ought to do a little, you ought to do just to just define the Word initiative. And then take it from a biblical perspective and ask yourself, do you have any initiative when it comes to biblical things, spiritual things? Because that's a big deal. You don't have any, you take initiative for the things that you want to take initiative for. For the things that seem to be important to you. Well, listen, I, I, I want you to get this this morning. Your salvation is, is at utmost importance that you understand. If you don't understand it, if you don't understand it, you are going to take it for granted. You're going to think that God owes you your salvation. And God didn't owe you anything. God did not have to send his son to bleed and die for you. You could still be sacrificing bulls and goats. You could still be in a temple washing the blood off your hands. Do you realize that? Does the guys in the room realize that we could be going right now and having to make atonement for our families? Instead, we're so sorry we can't even get them up and bring them to church. We, we can't do simple Bible studies with them, Bible exegesis. We can't pray with them, we can't teach them. Hey, listen, we could still be having to go. And guess what? If you didn't make those sacrifices for your family, then their sins wouldn't have been put off. Amen? Salvation is a big deal. It's not just a big deal to be saved. It's a big deal to understand what you're saved from and why you're saved to begin with. That's how big a deal salvation is. It is the power that unlocks the walk in the Spirit. It is the power that unlocks the walk in the Spirit. It's, it, it's not a thing. It's not a check off of the box. It's not, a, it's not a stamp. It's not a ticket to heaven. It is how you gain access to walk in the Spirit. It is the way that you and I understand the things that the Spirit wants us to understand. It is how we get the Spirit of God to seal us for all of eternity. 
Does that make sense? That is how you get the filling and the sealing of the Spirit, salvation. So it's important that you understand why you're saved, and, and, and not even why, but what the depths of your own salvation. I said this last week, and, and, and you know, it's kind of a stupid illustration, but it, 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 for me, it simplifies how powerful it is. My, I, I, you know, my granddad uh, raised me for the most part. And or my grandparents, but I remember. I mean, my granddad's my hero growing up, has been, and you know, always will be. Uh, but man, I can remember him shooting all, all. We just had tons of guns, and man, we, we'd be on that front porch and shooting guns and doing stuff. But I remember one time in particular, he had cancer, and anytime. Uh, the guys could all get together. They would come over to my granddad's house, and it, all these older dudes, and they're 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 slowly dying out. But all these older dudes, they come over, and, and Papa, some for some reason, uh, in, in, with, with cancer, end up with a ten gauge that he had to order from somewhere. And those of you who don't know what a ten gauge is, you know, you, it's it's a really powerful gun that nobody actually needs. And uh, and they're on they're shooting it and they're just dying. I mean they're all dying. I mean they're, they're they're you know they're holding their shoulders when they get done. And I'm sitting over here. I'm like I'm somewhere between Hut and Reese's age, and I'm like, well, man, I can do that. I've shot all kinds of guns. Like I, 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 I Papa had a 35. It weighed like 150 pounds. I thought, and I shot that thing. I've shot everything. I, you know, I was like, man, I, if he if he was shooting it, I wanted to shoot it. And so I'm like, all right, well, I got this. He, he told me no, 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 no. And then finally, he's like, all right, hey. The rest of the guys convinced him, hey, man, look, he wants to do it. I mean, it'd be fun for us to watch at least. And sure enough, I shoot this gun, and it nearly blows my shoulder off. I wouldn't let nobody, man. I just I walked off, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, all right, yeah. And, but, you know, it's, it's that gun, I compare it to salvation because until you actually experience the power behind the gun, you never actually understand what you hold in your hand anyway. All you can do is view everybody else's. It's funny, I, you know, I, 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 put a <coughs> I put a little post up about a, the guy that, there's been a few guys, uh-oh. Receptor's talking to me now. Uh, there's been a few guys that have witnessed to me over time. But this one guy in particular witnessed to me that, that really uh, started my journey into coming faith, to faith in Christ. His name is Jesse Lawrence, and we just got done rabbit hunting, and, and, and Jesse just decided he was going to witness to me. And, and um, man, Jesse was just very a very integral part of me coming to faith in Christ. And during that whole thing, though, uh, you know, I, I, I said, man, I, you know, I'll always be thankful for Jesse. Jesse did hit a road that was off a little bit here and there and, and, and veered and everything else. But, he, he, you know, he's back where he needs to be with the Lord. Anyway, it just so happens Jesse was going rabbit hunting yesterday with another guy. That was, I was 24. Uh, this dude's 23 years old. Jesse's been witness to him for months. And um, he's like, man, I'm going rabbit hunting Friday morning with this 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 guy. He's 23 years old. Man, if you'd pray for him, uh, and, and I prayed that God would give him the same thing that He gave me. And uh, last night, Jesse texted me and said, man, you're never gonna believe this, but uh, but that guy trusted the Lord out in that rabbit field the other day. And um, and man, I just wept over man. 
That's how deep salvation is. Man, that God can take a dude that 23 years old, me 24 years old, and, and, and just, if he'll just get it, and he'll decide to know nothing save Jesus Christ, guess what? God will do what you can never imagine. But our problem is we want to know Jesus Christ plus everything else. We want to add Jesus to everything. And I, and I want you to get this this morning. You don't have to add anything to Jesus. Your salvation is enough. You are complete in Christ. You don't need anything else. And that's what, that's what Paul's trying to get across to the reader at Colossae. Listen, this church is, trying, is dealing with what we're dealing with, and it's really Gnosticism. It's trying to add something to Jesus Christ to make yourself feel better, to make yourself happy, when in fact all you need is Jesus. When, 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 when you really understand how deep salvation goes, all you need to do and all you need to know is that Jesus Christ is enough. And so, I, 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 I gave you a couple things last week. There, there's, there's a lot going on in the text. Uh, Colossians 9, I mean Colossians 1 and verse number 9. Uh, let's just start there and, and we'll, read, we'll read down and, uh, and we'll, work through the, we'll work through this thing again to finish out these last two. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you may be filled with all the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Even the forgiveness of sins. Now, now there's a lot going on here, um, and, and I, I want to make sure that we get this. Now, you're, you're looking at 9, 10, 11, and 12, and... and Man, there's a lot to there's a lot leading up to 13 and 14, which is is really the the whole understanding of the depths of salvation. Who hath delivered us from the, the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And there there is a lot leading up to that, and I want to make sure that you get that because and to to you get the things to to you understand that the things leading up to that. They don't come until you understand 13 and 14. Until you understand how deep salvation is. Look what he says. We do not cease to pray for you. And what, what is the prayer? What is the prayer? The prayer is this in verse 9. To, uh, to desire that you might be filled with all the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now make sure you understand. Paul is not praying. Paul is not praying that they be filled with all knowledge. Paul doesn't give two rips about knowledge. Everybody understand that? Paul doesn't give doesn't care about how much they know. All right, why, why, why would that be the case? Well, because if you know a whole lot before you before you actually understand a whole lot, it can lead to, to you and me being puffed up. And, and what he's praying is that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will. 
in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He don't care how much they know. He cares how much they know about God's will. He cares how much they know about, uh, about God's wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, what is that? That's how you walk with the Lord, right? Verse 10, look what it says. Well, here it is, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. There is a way to walk worthy of the Lord, and there's a way to walk unworthy of the Lord. If, if, if there is a way to walk worthy of the Lord, I want to walk that way, right? Well, Paul is telling us that, that from verse 9, we walk worthy of the Lord by being filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. But that doesn't come. That doesn't just come. It comes when we understand about our deliverance. It comes when we understand about our translation and our redemption and our forgiveness. He says, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, that's, that's, very, that's very, one of the very last things that happens. You know how you know who God is? You know him through this book. And Paul says uh, you're going to increase the knowledge of God, but the only way you're going to increase in the knowledge of God is through this, uh, where me and you are, are, are desiring to be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and that we're walking worthy of the Lord and all pre pleasing, and we're being fruitful in every... Hey, and then we can start increasing. Sounds like, <clears throat> sounds like some stages of spiritual growth without, without actually saying it. And then we can increase in the knowledge of God. He says, strengthen with all might according to His glorious power and in the patience, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance uh, of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, now, I said this last week, and I'm not going to take a long time to, to do it again, to, to, to go through it again, but how do we become partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light? Well, we, we, we were made meet to do that. We were made meet to be partakers. Well, how did you and I become meet? How did we, in, in, in other words, how did we meet the standard? Well, we met the standard not by our own good works, and we, not because we deserved the inheritance, but we became meet to be partakers of the inheritance. Now, now make sure you get this. You may not be a partaker. You get that? You may not be, but you have been made meat to be. You can be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints, but you might not be. But make no mistake about it, you have indeed been made meat. You have met the standard to be able to partake of the inheritance. Oh, how to do that? Well, that, that comes when you came to faith in Christ. When you, but why? Because Jesus is the standard. Jesus made us meet the standard. You didn't do it on your own good works. I didn't do it on my own good works. So, I, so what, what happens? I became, I became uh, meet to, to become a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. So... Why, why, is, why is all that such a big deal? Well, because you can know something and never actually have reckoned it to be truth in your own life. You can know some, some stuff about salvation. You, you, you can know that, 
Man, yeah, salvation is by grace through faith. But until you reckon that in your own life, until you have reckoned that you have been delivered from the power of darkness and been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, guess what? You, you're probably not going to walk worthy of the Lord. You probably don't even care about walking worthy. You probably don't care that you're walking unworthy. Oh, yeah, whatever. Who cares? I'm saved. Whatever, it don't matter. You know, I, I got redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who gives a rip? Well, here's what happens. When you, don't, when you don't reckon that to be true in your own life, you don't really care. So, we talked last week, and, and, and I want you to, I, this is where we got to get to. we got to reckon these things if you want to walk worthy. Now, if you don't want to walk worthy of the Lord, and you're just here you know, check the box, then hey, so be it. But if you want to walk worthy of the Lord, then you, gotta, you need to reconcile some of this stuff. What was the first blessing? Well, it was, it was we've been delivered. We've been delivered. We have, who have been delivered from the power of darkness. Meaning that this has already happened. This We have already been delivered. Make sure you get it. We've already been delivered from the power of darkness. Not going to go through those verses again. Num, num, number two, the second blessing we looked at last week. Not only we've been delivered from the power of darkness, and it wouldn't just be enough to, for us to be delivered from the power of darkness, but the second blessing is we've been translated uh, that he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So it's not enough that I'm just delivered from the power of darkness. It's kind of like this. It's not enough for you to turn from sin. Everybody understand that? Well, I'm going to just turn from sin. It's not, it's not enough. What do, what do you mean it's not enough? That sounds like heresy. No, it's biblical. It's not enough for you to turn from sin until you turn to the living God. You can't turn from sin and not turn back to something else. That's why we turn from sin and we get with the case of the do-betters and we, we just we do better. We, we, don't, we don't turn to Jesus Christ. We turn from sin or a sinful thing and, and we turn to what we quote-unquote deem as a, a better thing, a more Christian-looking thing, a, more, a, a better life. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do this no more. I don't do that no more. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm better, man. Everything's good. You know, I'm good. I got me a good job. I'm doing this. A good job ain't Jesus Christ. A good job, listen, uh, uh, turning, uh, doing better ain't Jesus Christ. Well, I, you know me, preacher, I'm, I'm a man now, I'm, I'm doing better, I'm taking care of my family. Taking care of your family ain't Jesus Christ. Provide money for your family ain't Jesus Christ. You should do that, you're worse than infidel if you don't. But providing for your family ain't turning to Jesus Christ. You, we'll say it's really plain. There's only one avenue that you can take when you turn from sin and it be acceptable in the eyes of the Lord. And that's Jesus Christ. You can't go anywhere else. Nothing else is acceptable. Nothing else is acceptable. So God said, I delivered you from the power of darkness. I set you free. And then not only did I set you free, but I, I, I translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. He transitioned you from one kingdom into another. And that's a good deal. 
Amen. You didn't even have to do that. You, you, you realize that? You didn't, you didn't have to do that. You didn't physically have to do anything. But do what God said, and that was call on the name of the Lord, and whosoever does that shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, when mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so, 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 so here's what happened with you and me. God did all that. Behind, that's how deep it is, that God did all that without us, without us even knowing. And this week, we're, we're going to deal, deal with another one. We're going to deal with the third blessing. We're going we're gonna to talk about redemption. We are redeemed. We are redeemed. Before we get there, I, I, I want to, if I can, I, I want you to see the progression, though. I want you to see the progression in these two verses. This is huge. This is a really big deal. You've got to get the progression in, in the verses. Look, look, look at verse 13. It's in your, it should be on your outline. Look at verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. All right. So everybody understands that, that King James word hath is past tense, right? Don't, don't, make, don't, don't make your King James Bible any harder than it's got to be. It's actually really easy to understand. Hath is past tense. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Past tense, we've been delivered from the power of darkness. Who hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, I'm not going to go back through that semicolon and colon stuff because I just don't have time to do that right now. But, but it's in your outline too if you want to look at it. Um, so we got two things that's happened, past tense. What, what, we, we, there, give me two one-word answers. Start with a, a D and a T. Delivered and translated. Thank you, Brother Charles. Well, you made that easy on me. I appreciate that. Delivered and translated. Two past tense things that have happened to you if you are in Christ, if you came to faith in Christ, right? All right? Well, why, why is that such a big deal here? Well, because you've already been delivered and translated. Well, here's, here's the deal. How? By what means were you delivered and translated? Does it really matter? Does it really matter how you've been delivered? Does it really matter how you've been translated? Well, I, I think it does. Because everybody that says they've been delivered... And everybody says they've been translated. Everybody that says they've been saved. We're not all saying the same thing. The term has been misdefined. And we're not all saying the same thing. It's kind of like this, you know. I got, a, I got a diesel truck and pull that stupid camper that nobody likes. And I got a gas truck. Do, do you realize that, that if I went to the, the gas pumps and uh, to the gas pump and I'm driving that diesel truck and I filled that thing up with diesel, you realize that that thing ain't going to work? It's not going to run. 
It's actually going to cause me a lot of problems. It's going to cost me money. It's going to cost me uh, the, the $300 that it costs to fill the tank up for one. I'm, I'm, it's not $300. I mean, every, I don't know if you fill anything up lately, but uh, especially a truck. But it costs a lot of money to fill a truck up nowadays. And, and, and so I'm going, to lose, I'm going to lose money there. I'm going to lose money on getting it fixed. All this stuff. And, and it ain't going to, but both of them is, is, is fuel. Both of them are labeled as fuel. They are fuel, they fuel engines to run. But if you put the wrong kind in the wrong vehicle, it won't run. Well, here's the deal. Like, it's a big deal to understand how salvation is actually fueled. If, if what you're saying in salvation is fueled a different way, then it might not be real salvation. And that's why it's so important to understand that we're, we just can't get on board with every wind of doctrine that might blow us to and fro. We just can't get on board with everybody that says they're saved. Why? Well, because some way they have different ways of salvation. They come to faith in different ways is, is what they say. But there's only one way. There's only one way to come to faith in Christ. There's not two and there's not three and there's, there's not ten different ways. Well, I got saved this way and I got saved, I joined the church, I got baptized. I, no, there's no way to do it. It's absolutely an impossibility. And so you can't fuel a diesel truck with gas. And you can't fuel real biblical salvation without redemption and forgiveness. There's no other way about it. You can't fuel salvation without redemption and forgiveness. So I want to talk to you about the, this whole redemption, whom we have redemption through His blood, and who we have redemption through His blood. Genesis 48, verse 16. This is the first time in your Bible that you see redemption, redeem, or, or redeemed, one of, those, uh, one of those phrases used. Genesis 48, verse 16, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. Now, now make sure you, you get this. This word angel is capitalized. And, and, and we know this just by basic understanding of Scripture that no angel, no angel can give redemption, has redemptive powers. There's no angel that can redeem men from from evil, but the Lord Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, right? Does everybody understand? This, this, this is a picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. The angel which redeemed me from all evil. Look at Isaiah 43 and verse 14. Thus saith the Lord, here it is, your Redeemer, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I, I, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose, who, who, whose cry is in the ships. Make sure you get, thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer. In the Old Testament, we understand that, that the only person that could redeem would be the Lord. Now, what does this word redeem mean? Well, it means to buy back or, or repurchase. To buy back or, or repurchase. Uh, now, now, why why would God be buying back or repurchasing anything? Well, because you understand, before Adam and Eve sinned, they were free in the garden, right? 
You remember that? That Adam and Eve were free in the garden, but the moment they trespassed against the one God-given boundary that, they, that God gave them, the one, when he said, don't eat of, of the one tree, you can eat all the other trees, just don't eat of that one. What happened? They became slaves. They became slaves to sin. That's what happened. Now, and then what, what, how would they know that they were sinners? Well, it's a lot like how we all knew we were sinners. They knew they were sinners by their own conscience. They knew they were sinners by their own conscience. Well, look, look at Genesis 3 and verse 9. The Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And, and, and this is happening every day, and, and this is, a, this is a, a regular thing. It happens with Adam and Eve and God. And this time, it's a, different, it's a different deal going on. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. And I hid myself. Sinners hide themselves. That's what Adam, that's what Adam was. Uh, you know, verse 11, he goes on. Who, God asked him, who told you he was naked? Like, who, who told you that? Like, well, he didn't need nobody to tell him because he's the tree and, and, and he revealed within his own, his own conscience, revealed that he's now naked before God. No one had to tell them. Their conscience did that. Romans 8, verse 2, For the law of the Spirit, uh, for the law of, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You see, redemption has this idea of release by legal ransom. And, and make sure you understand this. The price for our release was paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. The, the, now, now, one guy said it like this, and, and you're, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of, uh, I, get, I guess you would call them, um, we could call them charismatics or whatever. But how many of you ever heard of somebody pleading the blood of Jesus Christ? Ever heard that? Yeah, I plead the blood of Jesus. I've heard that before. Now, it, it, now, the way that I think a lot of people do that is some kind of magical or superstitious kind of way. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. But, but I want you to make sure you get this. When you do that, there is, there is a little bit of power. There is a little bit of power, and, and, it, and it's, not, it's not that it has some great super power in terms of spiritual warfare. I guess it could. But when you and me plead the blood of Jesus Christ, you know what we would be saying? That's our receipt of the lawful purchase of Jesus Christ. You see, the blood of Jesus Christ was the receipt for, you, for, for our redemption. You get that? You hold in your hand the receipt through the blood of Jesus Christ of your own personal redemption. That's what God gave you. God gave you and me the very blood of Jesus Christ to atone for our sin as the receipt to say you are redeemed. And you know what? It might not hurt some. some it might not hurt some of y'all to just every now and then 
bring up the blood of Jesus in your own life. When you're acting like a total fool, like a total moron, why am I doing this? I have been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Lord, I know I'm yours. Why am I doing this? I'm, I've been set free. I, I don't have to be a, a slave to sin. You see, the word redemption was used in freeing these slaves from bondage. It's, it, 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 it refers to Christ freeing believing sinners from the slavery, from the slavery that sin brings. Look at Ephesians 1 and verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness, uh, excuse me, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. 1 Corinthians 1 says, but God has chosen, verse 27, God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God chose the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty, and the base things of the world, uh, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Here it is, that no flesh should glory in his presence, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but ye are, uh, but but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who hath who, who, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification, and here it is, and redemption. And I want you to look at verse 31. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You have no right to glory in your own, but glory in the Lord. Romans 3, verse 23, you, you know this verse, for, for all have sinned and, call, and come short of the glory of God, being freely justified by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. And here it is, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Colossians 1 and verse 20. And having, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven. You know, make sure you get it. You've got to understand what is fueling your salvation. If you don't get that, I don't think you ever get how powerful it is. I don't think you ever, you know what I think? I, I don't think you'll ever actually worship with a heart of real live worship. I'll just be, I'll be real straight with you. If thank you for the blood don't do something to you, you're probably broke. Like if you can't come to the place to where, where thank you for the blood doesn't do something internally in you. And you probably don't understand how deep the stain of sin went and how powerful the blood of Jesus Christ was to cleanse it. Do, do you understand that? Why, 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 why would you say that? Well, because it's true. Because it's true. If it don't do something to you, you're probably just really carnal. You don't understand, or, or you don't understand how deep, how, how deep the blood really goes. 
or you're lost. Really, probably only three options there are. Well, I just don't think you know me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care, Ellen Lee. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of tiptoeing around everybody and, and, try, and trying to make everybody feel some kind of warm and fuzzies in here. And the real fact of the matter is, it, it ain't because we, we, we need warm and fuzzies. It's because you, you, you just aren't thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. Ain't got nothing to do with it. Uh, well, we, we, man, you know, we, we, we really need a, uh, we need, we need a better production. We need this. We need that. I think we're filling our tanks with everything but but what God fills our tank with. Acts 20 and verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flock over the which God hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath what? Which he hath what? Purchased. Is it up there? Which he hath purchased, which he hath bought. He gave something for. He gave his own blood for our sorry hides. Now, why are we fueling our lives with everything else? We, we ain't got time for this, but for everybody in the room, the most obvious sign of a cult is the denial of the deity of Christ. That's the most obvious. There's a lot, but that's the most obvious. You, you find a church, you find a you find a group that denies the deity of Jesus Christ. Jehovah's Witnesses are one of them, Mormons are one of them. That, that, there is no deity in Christ. That's just to name a couple. So we don't got time to do that. First Timothy two, I want to, but we're not going. We're not going to take time to do it. First Timothy two and verse five, for there is one God and one mediator, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Make sure, make sure you get it. Ransom is the amount paid to redeem, and Jesus paid the full price to redeem all of humanity. Now, that doesn't mean all humanity is going to be redeemed. Why? Because, again, we start with this thing. What, what was it? A choice. And humanity has a choice. And they can choose whether to accept Jesus Christ or they can choose whether to reject Him. Romans 6, verse 18, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. You've been, you've been fully bought and paid for. Fully bought and and paid for. You've been you 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 and me have been redeemed, but we've been redeemed through His blood. Not 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 just not just anything, but the blood. Revelation one and verse number five. 
and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. You get this? From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Ephesians 2 and verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus you were sometimes... Ye who were sometimes, who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You, that word nigh, that old English word means to be made close. You were brought in by the blood. You get that? You were brought in, brought into where? You were brought to God by the blood. You had no right and no merit of your own. And me and you were brought to God by the blood of Jesus Christ. When God looks at us, what does he see? He sees the atonement of his son's blood on our life. That's what he sees. Let's skip down to 1 Peter 1 and verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ as of, as of a lamb without spot. And without uh, without blemish, and without spot. Now, why is all of that so drastically important? Why why is that so important? Because again, verse thirteen: Who hath been delivered? Who hath been translated? Why is all so important? Because you've already been redeemed. And Paul's saying, here's the thing. Why, why do we keep going back? Why do we keep going back and try to fill the tank that needs diesel with gasoline. Why do we keep looking? And, and I, I, there's probably a plethora of stuff in here. Why do we keep looking at sin thinking it's going to hold us over? Some of it ain't sin. Some of it's trips. Well, I just need another vacation. You don't need another vacation. Well, I just need this. Oh, I just need more money. You don't need more money. You're always going to need more. It's when you get it. You're. It's kind of like having kids. I always thought these really, uh, these really smart know-it-alls, about twenty years old, between twenty and twenty-five years old. I'm like, man. For those of you who don't know, the the world is on a rapid rate of depopulation, uh, in my my own personal opinion. Um. The, the, yeah, we got a lot of conspiracy theories going on in this noggin here. Um, but but I will say this: 20, 25 year olds they know they know so much. And they're like, man, you know what? When I have 
when I have some money, I'm going to have some kids. It works the same way with Jesus. When I have the money, I'm going to have some kids. Here's, here's, what, here's what I found out. If you're waiting to have money to have kids, you're never going to have kids. Never. It don't work like that. You think I waited till I have uh, money to raise five kids? No, that's stupid. It don't work like that. Well, here's what. Here's another thing I figured out. Most Christians, Brother Sean, work like this. When I get to a better place, when I'm happy, when my marriage is better, when I'm this, when I'm that, when I get this, when I know a little bit more, I'm going to witness somebody. When I do this, I'm going to do that. When I feel better, when I'm happy, when I got more joy, I'm going to do this. When I, You know what? You're never going to do anything. Never. You're never going to do nothing. You're never going to serve the Lord because you're always trying to get something that you ain't never going to get. Man, we, I, listen, there, there, there's people that won't serve in ministries. There's people that won't serve in ministries. For what? Because you, you, you don't... You don't know because you can't quote 45 verses? No, no, that ain't it. That's not, that's not it. Maybe we all understand it, right? That's just an excuse. And it's a good one. It's a good excuse because everybody some, for some reason believes it but me. Well, why don't you believe it? Because I was the 24-year-old idiot that rolled up in church. And didn't know nothing. And just said, hey, you want me to teach children's church? I mean, that was a bad decision on their part. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah. I don't even, yeah, sure. Was it bad? Yeah, probably. Them kids didn't know no different, brother. I was fun most of the time. Well, what are you saying? I'm saying that God ain't looking for you to know. You, 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 quit thinking you got to have it all figured out before you actually say yes. So, so, so why why we keep filling our tanks with everything that that God ain't called us to give them up? Let me give you this last one. Maybe this last one. Fourth blessing that we see is, is we're forgiven. Now these are two of the most, okay. Paul does some weird stuff, but he's smart. He's extremely smart. And he does this a lot in his writings. And, and I love it. Because he tells me I've been delivered, and he tells me I've been translated. But he tells me why I need to know. He tells me I need to know because my redemption was through Jesus Christ's blood. And through that redemption of his blood, I experienced forgiveness of sins. The practical side of that is this. 
you and me don't have to live outside of those two things. Why? Because you already have been delivered and you have been translated. Past tense, it's already happened. And here's the thing, for practicality's sake, me and you, we have to understand that our redemption has already taken place. And not, any, not even our redemption. What's that last one? Our what? Our forgiveness. Well, that's a, that's a, theo, that's a theological whirlwind. What do you mean our forgiveness is already taken? You've already been forgiven. What well, don't I need to run? Don't I need to come to the altar and ask God to forgive me of all this stuff? Well, I, I don't know. What does the Bible say? I'm just asking what the Bible says. Brother Sean's been around here long enough and he, he's getting it. There's one thing you gotta do. You gotta repent. You ain't gotta come around here and wallow around on the ground and and, and oh God, I'm you know. Be, be, hey, have some godly sorrow and repent. Experience some godly sorrow unto repentance and let that be the thing that happens. You, you, you know why? We've been taught that we have to ask forgiveness for everything we do. And I'm sorry, Lord, is a good place to start in repentance. But you need to make sure you understand you have, you, you have been forgiven. Acts 26 and verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and, then, and, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Romans 4 and verse 6, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Man, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Ephesians 4 and verse 32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as, God, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Hath forgiven you. When a believer dwells on the sins of their past, they are actively choosing to remember something God has chosen not to remember. When a believer, when, when a believer dwells on the sins of their past, they are choosing to remember something that God's chosen to forget. I wrote this down. Last night, if you received, if you have received forgiveness, if you and you you really have received forgiveness in this room, 
then why in the world do we not give God the credit He deserves to actually forgive us? If you've received forgiveness, and we we gotta ask, we gotta ask the question: Why do we not give God the credit that He deserves in forgiving us? I don't know. Is it because we want to feel the guilt of our? uh, Is that it? Do we like the fact that we get to feel guilty, and we get to feel the shame, and it shouldn't be that easy that we ought to we, we we ought to we ought to be able to figure out some way to punish ourselves? To make sure that we feel guilty enough. Now God chose not to forgive. No, God chose not to remember. The power of salvation is deep. And until, you, to, until we get it. till we get it, we're not going to walk in the spirit. We're not going to. Why aren't we going to? Well, because it starts understanding the, the first and second blessing. The first and second blessings, you've been delivered. That's what happened to you. You've been delivered. And then you, you were set free, and then you were, you were translated into another kingdom. Yeah, but man, I, I just, you know, they're just, got, guys, we've got to quit making excuses. And we got to understand that redemption came through the blood of Christ. And that we've actually been forgiven. You don't got to keep wallowing around in your, in your old sin. You just need to repent. Remember God, you know, there's two kinds of sorrow. Brother Dan, you play a piano for me. There's two kinds of sorrow in this world, in this book. There's godly sorrow. You know what godly sorrow is? What it does, it leads to repentance. It, re- it leads to you hating your sin. You know what worldly sorrow is? Worldly sorrow is you're sorry you got caught. You're sorry that the, that, that the light slipped up on you when you were supposed to be in the dark. That's what, that's what worldly sorrow is. It don't have any desire to, to, to put away the sins of the flesh. It don't have any desire. Then when's the last time you got, you, you got welled up in you with godly sorrow in such a way to where... Man, Lord, I dang, I hate, I hate this. I hate this about me. But it comes, Bible says, yea, what vehement desire. Meaning that, that there is a there is a, a desire in you that when godly sorrow takes place, you're willing to lose every person you know. To please God, you're willing to lose. You're willing to lose every contact in a cell phone. You're willing to lose every social media platform. You're willing to lose everything that this world has given you to do one thing and one thing alone, and that's to please God. 
You're willing to make sure that everything, that, hey, you know what? I don't care what happens. I don't care what I do. I don't care where I go. But here's one thing I do. I got to please God. That's what godly sorrow is. And listen to me. Until we get to the place in our life to where we understand, I got I to gotta quit, quit messing with God. God's translated. God's delivered me. And then God's translated me. And it came through the price of his own son's blood. That's, what, that's how he did it. And he chose to forgive me. He chose to remember my sin no more. I don't know. I don't know how you deal with this. Here's how I deal with it. I say we make some choices. I say we get to the place to where we, we, we come up in our own life. We say, you know what, God, I, I hadn't been reconciling. I, I hadn't been re- reconciling how powerful my salvation is. I ain't been living in that. I've been living in my, I ain't been living in that. I ain't been walking in the Spirit. I ain't been doing this. I ain't been doing, I, man, I've made more excuses than I know how, than I could possibly make for myself. My marriage is terrible because I make excuses. They got to know you got a bad spouse. You're probably the bad spouse. It ain't got nothing to do with, 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 with this and with that. What has it got? Man, we, we just we got a whole deep, deep canyon of power in our salvation. And we just let it go to the wayside. We just let it go out there and humdrum, hum-ho, here we go. It probably wouldn't hurt for some of us to get thankful this morning that we're even saved. That God even saved somebody like us. Because it didn't have to. He didn't have to. I'm going to pray for us. Daniel's going to sing. You won't come. Lord for the depths for the depths of our salvation Lord you you've given us a rich a rich salvation and the fact God that, that it's deep and it's powerful God it's it's got things that Lord if we just reconcile them God you do some great things in our life but God we won't do it whatever reason what, what, whatever whatever reason Lord we give our flesh way more credit than it deserves we give the, we give the devil and the world way more way more power and credit than they deserve and God it, it, it shouldn't be like that God I'm praying for some believers to get on there to, to get to a place where they can get on their face and they get serious to understand how deep the, the power of our salvation is Lord in Jesus name